Okay.
call it the Baptist what? The Baptist band. The Baptist band. I like that. They're growing. Addition of Turner and Hayden there. They did awesome. Keep it up, guys. All right. A couple of other quick announcements before we get into the the message. Um, Let's see. Tonight will be set as family night. So no Sunday night fellowship this evening. So be with your family and friends and spend some time in fellowship with them. Um, then the next two Sunday nights, we're going to have uh, Sunday night teachings. I believe Brother Tony's going to be, be uh, doing a couple of lessons the next few weeks. And then I believe is the next Sunday that will be business meeting. Is that correct? Yes. Patty's on it. Um, and then the, the 26th, we're actually going to have an evangelism evangelism type training. Um, Brother Andrew and Sister Rebecca from Crew are going to be here, and they're going to be guiding us into sharing the gospel with folks. So looking forward to that. We're going to start that service at 4 o'clock and go to 5.30, and we're contemplating, let's see if I get any uproar here, on cornbread and, uh, what did I say, David? Cornbread and beans. Cornbread and beans for dinner. How's that sound? Did I get an amen? There we go. So looking forward to that. See how we've never really done that kind of thing here. So really looking forward to see how that goes. And basically, it's we're going to kind of learn what crew does. Um, they go out and they just talk to students and witness to them and you know create a relationship with them and then share the gospel. What better way to do it, right? So be much in prayer with that. Um, I think that's about it from announcements. Anybody else have a special song or anything this morning on your heart? You going to sing for us, Anthony? Nope. <laughs> Today's a big day, isn't it? It depends. Depends. Mr. 17 today. Congratulations. I hear Dana back there talking. Get situated here. So, if you have your Bibles this morning, we'll be over continuing in the first chapter of Romans. <clears throat> Last week, we, we started the series, The Foundation of Our Faith. And this morning, the title is Why? I've been thinking about a title all week, and I'm like, why? Does anybody have kids that just constantly ask, why? Come on. Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. I would hope not, Anthony. You're 17 now. You should know everything. I don't. So, why? So, last week, the title was what? God's Gospel. Come on. This is interactive. God's Gospel. And it was Paul's introduction to the church of Rome, introducing himself and introducing the, the gospel. We talked about it. God's gospel is true, its center is Jesus, and its purpose is his glory. So this week we'll go into the why of the gospel. Anybody ever think of that? Like, why do I have to be saved? What am I saved from? Well, hopefully we'll get into a little bit of that this morning. <clears throat> All right. So we will read a few verses here in a minute. Um, Key thought for this morning would be that all humanity is corrupted by sin and is under God's wrath. All humanity. Every single one of us. And then the application to that would be when we realize our own sinfulness, we realize what? We need a Savior. That's really what what Paul's introducing here. So I'm going to read, we left off last week, I think it was the 18th verse, 
But I'm going to read 16 and 17 again too, just because it's, it's the basis of it all. So I didn't bring my iPad today, so if I can't read, I'll have to borrow some glasses. I'm going to have to start bringing mine. There's some down here, but I don't like them. All right. So the 16th verse. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed, I like this, from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. And now based on those, those two verses, this is where 18 kicks in. And this is where it gets interesting. I definitely need your prayers this morning. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they came, became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. <coughs> Excuse me. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in their lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. Because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For the women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of righteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossip, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. And we'll stop right there. So you know I like it. Memory verse for the week. Romans 1.22. I'll read it again. This was an easy one. You should, you should actually be able to remember this one. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Claiming to the wise, they became fools. <clears throat> so again, this is, this is Scripture, Paul's explaining why basically everyone in the universe needs the gospel. That's, that's the main thing. Why we, basically we're lost without it. We're considered unrighteous, condemned. It goes back to the sin-cursed world. We're all fallen from sin. Ever since the beginning, when Eve chose to sin, she was deceived. Adam wasn't. We all fall into that condemnation. We're all condemned to sin. <clears throat> We're all guilty. Who's not guilty here? Anybody? We're all guilty. We all, do we all agree on that? We're all guilty. Everyone is. The wrath of God. Anytime I hear the wrath of God from anyone, I would recommend you pay attention. Pretty important, the wrath of God. And we'll get into it a little bit in a little bit here. <clears throat> so what is the wrath of God? You know, I've always kind of grown up, always thought, well, the wrath of God is going to be, you know, one day down the road when time be says time shall be no more in the world, you know. Anybody else think that? I've kind of always thought that. Until I started reading this. But it's God's righteous punishment of sin. 
And it's just. It's His just judgment. It's His personal anger against sin. But like I said, we, we talk about salvation a lot. And that's, you know, again, what Paul introduced here first and foremost. But the question is, why? What are we being saved from? The wrath of God that we all deserve. That's what we're being saved from. And as we'll get into a little bit, you'll, you'll be thankful that you're saved from that. But again, the question is, why? Do you agree that human beings were created by God and were born to serve Him? Do you agree with that? We were definitely born to serve something. We were born with that in our nature, to serve, to worship. The problem is, we as human beings want to be God. And that was the problem from the beginning. So we have worshipped everything but God. That's a big problem. Idolatry. All the Old Testament. You know, the, the Gentiles were known for the pagans and idols and all that. Well, what we've done today is we've turned everything else into idols. What can be an idol? Facebook. TikTok. TikTok. You need to, you need to delete TikTok. Money. Your job. Your family. All of it can become that. You know, I always had these thoughts of everybody had these little knickknacks in their house. No, those are idols. You shouldn't have little knickknacks. Come on. I'm not bowing down to the knickknacks. I'm not using every day of my life to clean them and shine them and make them pretty. Some people might. Ours have dust all over them. They wouldn't be happy with us, would they? <laughs> but idolatry is transferring worship and homage to some power or object other than God, the Creator. And that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. From the beginning, God has revealed Himself. You know, I've always had this thought. And I know we've kind of taught this because it, so it makes sense. If someone has never been presented with the gospel, are they also guilty? I've always had the thought, well, no, they're not. They're not guilty because they've never heard the good news. They've never heard. They've never had a chance to decide whether they believed or not. And don't get me wrong, there's still some of that in play here because we, we're not God. We don't know. You know, there's still some age of accountability and things like that. But this tells me that God has revealed himself to everyone through his creation. It's like I, I, I was reading this thing the other day that was talking about a painting. So say Tammy painted this beautiful picture yesterday. And I go to that picture and I'm like, oh my gosh. That is absolutely the best picture. Which I heard was Kim's actually was the best picture. But she probably could have thought class. <laughs> but what if I went to that picture and said, oh my gosh, I need that picture. Oh. What's the first thing you typically would ask about the picture? I'm getting some weird looks. That's okay. We'll get there. Who painted it? That's what we should do when we go out into nature. Who created this? Same thing. But no, we've turned into, we want that picture. That's all we care about. Created an idol is what we've done. Right? Hopefully I haven't, I'm not losing anybody yet. <laughs> but God has revealed himself through nature. Has anybody else been to just beautiful places and you're like, that has to be something God created. Out on Lake Erie, you're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I'm not for heights, so I wouldn't be up on any mountains. I'd be on the ground looking up like, oh yeah, those are beautiful. <laughs> but didn't he reveal himself through his creation? Are people out there just thinking, oh, this all just happened? 
The Big Bang! Two whatevers. John, I'm sure, could explain it better than I could. They just collided, and chaos became not chaos. What? Folks, that's what our schools are teaching. That's what our colleges are teaching. So all of this order that we see, the sun, the moon, the stars, birth, like all this, it came from chaos. Can anybody explain that to me? No. No? Some people can try. It came from chaos. All this order. What? And you know, when you're a kid going through school, you're like, eh, it's evolution. Why do we got to take the test and memorize it? But as you get older, you're like, man, that's so wrong. That is so untrue. In fact, it was a theory. Which means it wasn't necessarily true. Let's flip back over here. So 19 there says, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. He has shown it through his eternal power and creation of this world. Like the people just really walk out like, how did we get here? I don't know. And this was going on back then, too. You know, it's funny. We talk about stuff and it's like. Oh, 2023, things are so bad. You got this, you got... It goes as far back as you can say. Is it a little worse today? Probably because of social media, news, and all that that we get to see more than we did back then? Probably. But as you'll see, this stuff's been going on for years. Which is really why Paul's writing a lot of this. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. That's a big sentence right there. We are without excuse. The world is without excuse. So even though the world is is going the wrong way, there's still us Christians that have a job to do. Mm -hmm. And now you're really starting to see why we have a job to do. And that's what Paul was doing here. It's exactly what he was doing. It says they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. So again, idols. Evolution. The Big Bang. You know, aren't there a lot of smart scientists out there that support it? And I'm like, well, you're not really so smart, are you? Mm -hmm. You you ever been around people that were smart, but they really weren't? Oh my goodness. You just like, would you just shut up, please? There's a lot of that in this world. And that's what happened here. We thought we were smart enough. We thought we were good enough to be our own gods and make our own way. We couldn't be the farthest from the truth that there is. Because nothing we can do can make us good enough for heaven. Absolutely nothing. Our works, we can't do anything. It's all about Jesus. Big bang. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. That's why I like that verse. That's why it's the memory verse. Because there's a lot of that in this world. I don't consider myself smart by any means. Going through school, I had to memorize stuff. I don't remember any of it. I don't, remember, I don't, I don't consider myself smart. But I can tell you that Jesus saved my soul and that's all I needed to know. Amen. That's all I needed to know. You know, when I was growing up, I was an idiot. You guys hear that enough. But you know, having having kids that have went through colleges, there's a lot of brainwashing going on there. It's it's actually kind of sad and scary. I mean, Robbie went to Wittenberg. He's not here. He can attest to it. 
They're trying to brainwash it. They really are. It's, it's scary. But they're smart. It's like, but if I go to a class that I sign up for, I should be learning about the class, not what the teacher's opinions are, right? It's not the, to the teacher's class. But even now, it's happening as little as five years old. They're teaching about sexuality. You've got to be kidding me. But again, there's an agenda. And it all comes back to this. It all comes back to this. But don't we have an explanation? Kind of going back to the the order of things. Don't we have an explanation for the sun, the moon, the skies, the stars, the oceans, us? Isn't there an explanation for all that? It starts in Genesis. He spoke it all. All from God's Word. He spoke it all. There wasn't no big bang. There wasn't something came from nothing. God spoke it all. He absolutely spoke it all. And I may not be smart, but I know the Bible says that. In six days, He created everything. Everything we can see and everything we can't see. And on the seventh day, He rested. That was my big thing. That's how it all happened. That's the truth. If you don't believe that, you might want to start reading your Bible. Because it's the truth. Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And then over in the 27th verse, it says, So God created man in his image, and the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. By his word, by his power. That's how we were created. He spoke everything into existence. Psalm, Psalm 19.1 The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. I really like that verse. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. But instead of glorifying and honoring him, they made it all about what they wanted. And we still do that today. We make it all about us. That's probably one of the biggest things we fight, isn't it? The self. We make it about us. We know better. We want to be like God. We want to be in control. We want to be in control. It's that ungodliness, unrighteousness of men. So how does God's wrath and consequences happen? Like, what are they? Well, the first section there talks about his wrath, but the second section really gets into kind of the how of his wrath. It says, therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship and serve the creator rather the creature rather than the creator. So as one of the, the consequences of idolatry, the wrath of God, mankind... He's basically created... Let me back up. So with with all I've been talking about, basically what God did, we wanted to be in control. We wanted to be the stuff, you know, like we've talked about. He said, okay. Here you go. You guys are so smart. Guess what? You're going to deal with the consequences. So then we get into the consequences. So the first consequence of adultery, God has given mankind over to sexual perversions. And that's really what we get into in these next few verses. And it's really talking about, you know, every, every, so many people just focus on homosexuality. And it's really talking way more than that. Pornography. Sex between non-married couples. Sex between a man and a man. Sex between a woman and a woman. 
He's covering all of those things. That is God's wrath. Look at what we're starting to deal with today. Because all that stuff, like I said, all that stuff's been going on. Go back to Rome, go back to Corinth, all that. That's been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years. And we just think, oh, it's happening in 2023. It's been happening for years, folks. But now today, men are turning into women. Women are turning into men. Love who you love. Starting to see, well, they were... I love five-year-old girls. I just love them. Love who you love. Starting to get into some scary stuff. You know, like I said, I've always thought about the wrath of God being, you know, a day somewhere along the lines. This tells me we're living that now. We're living through that wrath of God now. Lust in our hearts. Impurity. Dishonoring their bodies for what was natural. What does the Bible say is natural? Male and female, He created them. And sex was for marriage. Now, who in here has one against that? I have. I have. I had a daughter when I was 15 years old. I don't like to talk about it. Sadly, we don't even talk. I don't know why. I've tried. But all I'm saying is I've made a lot of mistakes. And I know others who have made a lot of mistakes. And usually God works that all out. But we're living in this route now. Sexual perversion is real. Pornography industry is billions, folks. And it ain't going away. We're living through that wrath now. And that's one of the consequences. You know, we don't like to talk about stuff like this. But it's real. People struggle with it. People struggle with homosexuality. People people struggle with addictive pornography. We struggle with that stuff. It's real. So don't just sit here and act like we don't because we do. But that's why it's so important to have a relationship with Christ. That's what Paul's teaching here. This is why we need that grace. This is why we need His mercy. Because what we deserve is not what we get, folks. That's exactly why. And all I can tell you is if you're struggling with that stuff, cling to God. He's the only answer for it. You know, you talk about drug addictions and all that. I had a cousin recently, what real close with him in Kentucky, I think he was 40. And dad said this morning they found him with a needle stuck in his own bed. I'm telling you, it's real. It is real, and the only answer is Christ. This is the only answer. He's the only answer. But again, we're struggling with that wrath of God. We're living it. We are absolutely living it. I'm not here to condemn anyone. I'm not here to hurt anyone's feelings. But in a world where you can have an abortion right before you deliver a baby, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. There's even states that want to do it after they're born. There's something wrong. Then we wonder what's wrong with our society. God is far from it. But we're living the wrath of God right now. Because of all that. Because of all that. And the only answer, like I said, is Jesus. It's the only answer. Now please, don't take it this as, see, God hates gays. That is wrong. That is absolutely false. And any Christian that goes out there and pickets and says, God hates gays, you're absolutely wrong. And we've got to be real careful. The next chapter we go to is talking about judgment. That's where we Christians come into play. 
There's a lot of other stuff we'll get into in a minute. And those are also reasons why Christ had to come. Because we are every single one of them. We are every single one of them. Sorry, I can't keep it together. So the second consequence of idolatry is God has given mankind over to moral depravity, moral decline. Boy, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Sexual perversion, moral depravity. All you've got to do is walk out your front door or turn on the news or turn on Facebook, as they said, and you'll see it. You'll see it. We are going downhill. We are going downhill. And the only answer is what? Christ. He's the only answer. He's the only answer. He's the only answer. Everywhere you go, everywhere you look, politicians, school, I mean, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. The moral decline is everywhere. Which that's another thing. That's another way you can tell God exists. I've seen a lot of people arguing back and forth. Where'd you get your morals from? Where'd you get right and wrong from? Did that just happen? It had to come from God. It had to. Otherwise, me and Roger could just go kill each other and there would be no nothing from it, right? Morals have to come from God. The other thing that's been driving me crazy, and this isn't a political by any means whatsoever. Get rid of all the guns. Get rid of the things more than 30 capacity. Folks, let me tell you. As long as there's sin in this world, we can get rid of everything that we want, and it's still going to happen. It's still going to happen. Criminals are still going to have guns. Bad people are still going to do bad things. There's still going to be hate in the world. There's still going to be sin in the world. I saw something the other day that kind of tickled me a little bit. It said something about, it had a gun and a rock, and it said something about, did God take the, the rock away or something like that when Cain killed Abel? Sorry. Just kind of tickled me a little bit. But that's everyone's answer. Let's get rid of guns. Let's do this. Let's do that. Look at New York and California and places like that. Australia, they have the toughest gun control laws there are. The worst crime there is. Chicago, the worst shootings everywhere. Take away guns all you want. That's not going to solve this sin problem. That's the problem. The problem is not the gun. The problem is this sin. The problem is not hate. It's this sin. And guess where it's at? It's inside every single one of us. It's inside every one of us. As long as you have sin in your heart, there's going to be murders, there's going to be hate, there's going to be fighting. You know what? That's another weird thing. Why don't people fight anymore? When I was growing up, people would just throw fists. Like, that's how you solve your issues. Now you just shoot people. Why is that? What? I just don't think people really value life anymore. And it comes down to a lot of us. It really does. But these at the end here, he's talking about other things that impact societies, friendships, relationships, families. You know, talking about general sins. You know, they are filled with all manner of unrighteous, evil, covetousness, malice. My favorite thing to say, Napoleon Dynamite is a weird movie, but there's a part where this, they're showing this boat and this lady says, I want that. I absolutely love that part. And that's what I think of every time I read something like this. And we're like that. I want that. My house ain't good enough. I want that. My car ain't good enough. I want that. My whatever ain't good enough. I want that. If you haven't done that, raise your hand. Exactly. We're all guilty, folks. We are all guilty of this. And that's why Jesus had to come and die. That's exactly why. None of us are good enough. Sins that break up relationships. 
They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. Who's always obeyed your parents? Raise your hand. Yeah, that's what I thought. Foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. That describes every single one of us. Every single one of us. And that's sins that break relationships and sins that destroy societies. You know, as I was reading through this last night, it just kind of came to me. Those last couple things there, we're just talking about, you know, general sin, sins that break relationships, sins that destroy society. If you flip that around, that is the complete opposite of the Ten Commandments. It is the complete opposite. Go back and read that later. It is the complete opposite of the Ten Commandments. But we're all guilty. We're all guilty. We are all living right now in the wrath of God. And the only thing that can save us from that wrath of God is a relationship with Christ. That's it. That's it. I could have said that from the beginning and just stopped there. That is the gospel. That is God's gospel. That's the good news. That is the only thing. His shed blood. That's the only thing that will break that curse. That's the only thing that makes us right with God. That makes us righteous through His blood. There's a word I always hated to pronounce. Propitiation. I probably still ain't saying it right. Jesus was our sin debt payment. That's what that word's all about. He was our sin debt payment. He made a way for us. He satisfies that wrath. The wrath of God that we deserved. Like I said before, again, giving us what we need, not what we deserve. And that's so big. That is so big. Don't you just want everybody to know that? How do we take that out to the world? How do we show them that to our lives? I struggle with it. You might not think that getting up here and preaching, but I struggle with it. We all do. Because you don't want to go tell people you're bad. They're not going to hear that. We gotta flip it. There was a man named Jesus that loves you. I think that's the difference. I think that's what why Hindred and Rebecca, what they do is so awesome. They go create relationships with college students that may not have any friends there. And at one point, after creating that relationship, like I mentioned last week, they introduced the gospel. They talk about salvation. They talk about souls. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. But we're living right now through that wrath of God. If you can't see it, you're blind. If you can't see it, you're blind. And it's going to get worse and worse and worse until my Lord stands up. To come and take us home forever. But you know what's sad? What breaks my heart? And probably what breaks his heart? Is there's going to still be people that don't acknowledge it. That they need him. There could be people sitting here this morning that don't think, I don't need that God thing. I'm good enough. I'm a good person. No, you're not. No, you're not. And if you don't think you struggle with things, if you don't think you struggle with sexual things, you're absolutely lying to yourself. As a teenage boy, that's the only thing I thought about. And I just, if I didn't say that, I'd be lying. It's a problem. Stay close to God. Stay close to Him. That's the only answer. The world will tell you to go the complete opposite way because you deserve it. You, you deserve to be in control. We don't, know how, we don't know what we want. I don't want to be in control anymore. I've messed a ton of stuff up in my life. 
I want him to be in control now. You guys are probably tired of this guy up here crying and stuff. But I, I can't control it. I'm just being honest. We need a little more honesty in this church. We're all a mess. But we have the answer. And it is Christ. That is the answer. Stay close to Him. You know, I was thinking this morning when I was driving here. Why is it so easy when you get off track? So just keep going off track and sinning. I've heard people leave that, you know, they'll be visiting in a while. Then they'll miss a few Sundays. A few Sundays turn into a month. A month turns into two. Why is that, why is that so easy? It's the wrath of God. It's the wrath of God. And Satan. Now, thinking about salvation. Why is it that as soon as you're saved, Satan comes creeping in. Mm-hmm. Because before you're not saved, he don't need to do anything. Right. When you are saved, he wants to disrupt that. He wants to disrupt your growth. Oh yeah, Roger comes to church every single Sunday. I love picking on Roger, Roger, because you're right there. But if that's all Roger does, and he goes home after this morning and lives the rest of his life like everyone else, good as he done, really. That's what Satan wants. He wants us to not make impact. He wants us to, oh, we're just quiet people. I can't share the gospel. I can't tell people what happened to me. I don't mean to call this young man out. And you probably, a lot of you probably don't know him. He came up here this morning. His name is Hayden Lawhorn. Dude, you changed my world a couple weeks ago. You encouraged me so much. And I'll let him tell you what he, what he said later. The gospel changes everything. Don't let anyone convince you otherwise. Sorry, Hayden, I don't mean to call you out, brother, but I love you. And you so encouraged me. By being up here this morning, you encouraged me. Turner, you encouraged me. Keep doing it. It's important. We need more kids up here doing it. We need more adults up here doing it. Sorry, I'm getting a little fired up. It's about a relationship with Christ. And once you get that, folks, you can't explain it, but it is absolutely awesome. It it changes everything. This is really tough scripture. Really hard things to talk about. But my God is so much stronger than his. He's so much more powerful than any of that. And his salvation is awesome. Absolutely awesome. Awesome. All right, I'm gonna stop crying. I'm gonna shut up. So if you're here this morning, again, it's stuff we all struggle with. Let's stop playing. Let's stop playing church. Fall down on your knees and cry out, Lord, forgive me. Lord, save me. Or just come and praise his holy name because he deserves it. He deserves our very best. Are we going to have a song again? I forgot to ask that this morning. I'm sorry. But as we all stand, if you need to pray, the altar's open. I'll pray with you.